Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that enjoys talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as, as if you have just seen a great movie and you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by just one of my best good buddies here. Uh, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. Steven is out of commission. He literally told us that he had 5% and uh, battery life left. Um, I told him to go replug in. It's been his birthday week, so he deserves a little bit of rest. Yeah, he got turned. He he. That's I what mean, that is. I don't know if you guys know this, but Steven is a little bit of a party animal. <laughs> you might not be able to hear it on the podcast, but oh man, I can't I can't keep up with him. You know what? I know, and and I know there's only two of us, and I and I promised a shorter I promised a shorter show, but I I feel I'd feel remiss if I did not tell this story very quickly. So when Steven turned 21, we, <laughs> to show how much of a party animal Steven is, and an audience, you can't see it, but I'm really putting air quotes around it, um, <laughs> around party animal. So we went, we, uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Lindsay Bose from Savage Tech, um, who's been on the show before, we took him out after exams to go get his first drink. We we're gonna get him a we we're gonna get him an alcoholic beverage and we were gonna get him a cigar. Well, we went to a bar, um, one of the, the local dives in Anderson. Well because it was a dry county. Right. <laughs> and um we took him to the bar and and we uh we were trying to figure out what type of drink to get him and she and I are going back and forth back and forth back and forth and the waitress comes over and she's like okay so what are you guys going to get him and we're like we want to get him this one and we pointed at one of the mixed drinks and she looks at it and she looks at us and she's like oh, you guys are so wrong didn't you say he turns 21 today and we're like yeah but and he's like what what he's like oh no did they get me a, a really alcoholic drink and she's like no it's probably the least alcoholic drink <laughs> they could possibly get you she's like it's basically kool-aid Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was really hope that story was gonna go with you give like icing him with a smeared off ice. No, no, but here's the here's the kicker. Uh, so when he and he's he's gonna kill me when he hears this. So when he gets um like we we're there for a bit, he only has the one drink, which he like gulps down because he finds it so delicious. Um, we, <laughs> we get um. They send shots over. The bartender sends over some shots, Aww. and she was like, "She's like, hey, here's some shots." And I mean, at the time, I I did not. I was not a party animal myself. I still I'm still not. Um, but I knew nothing about shots, and so I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And she's like, "Oh, they're buttery nipples," and Stephen <laughs> starts to giggle like. A five-year-old little girl, and it's like nipple. Oh my gosh, you sounded just like him. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I was mortified. I was like, 
I was like, you son of a, you're buying me my cigar. And he's like, it's my birthday. And I'm like, oh, you just embarrassed me. You embarrassed, you embarrassed me. (laughs) You went home, Bolson. You embarrassed me. Embarrassed me in front of her. I went. I I did not go the full Wilson Fisk. I I went uh, about fifty percent Wilson. Well, Stephen is just a precious soul, too too pure for this world, and we wish him a happy birthday week. And audience Indeed. in the comments or you know on Facebook, go wish Stephen a happy birthday. Yeah. Um. Sorry, we we talk films on here. I was like, I was like, what do we talk about on this show? <laughs> like after we went on, this is going to be a personal Steven. episode where we talk about the hosts, right? <laughs> um, audience, like I said before, we are a film talk podcast. We enjoy talking about like all sorts of different movie news. Um, we've got a couple of great segments lined up for you tonight. Um, but before we get into that, I just want to make just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into things. Uh, if you find that you really, 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 really like this show and you're like, man, I really want to listen to Popcorn Prattle all the time. Here's how you can do that. Go on iTunes, go on your Amazon Echoes, go on uh, Spotify, go on Stitcher, go on Podbean, go every, everywhere that you can listen to a podcast, go subscribe, leave us a like, uh Leave us a review, leave us a five-star review, six-star, eight-star, ten-stars. I know that's not how many stars there are, but you guys get my point. Um, The more you guys push us, uh, the more people can hear Popcorn Prattle, and that will let everybody know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the podcast to listen to. Um, So, yeah. Lindley... Let's dig into these topics. So we're going to bring back, we're finally, finally bringing back Netflix picks. Um, Steven is not here tonight, but he is never far from our hearts. He has left us uh, a little bit of a sound clip that we're going to play for you guys um, for one of his Netflix picks. Uh, Lindley is going to give us one of her Netflix picks. And I have been way too busy to watch Netflix because I've been too busy playing uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, um, come on. It's so good, though. It's so good. Um, then we are going to uh, leave you guys with a little bit of a clip. And you would know that I, I played, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption 2 because um, it's been told on Not So Famous, the other podcast that I'm on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and actually, we're going to do a little bit, a wee bit of a crossover um, because we talked about the Artemis Fowl trailer um, on Not So Famous. And I geek out like more so than any other, than any video game talk. I was like, oh, wow, Artemis Fowl is becoming a movie. Um, I, I get real, I get real intense. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really am. <laughs> uh, then we're going to bring back um, Fanfare, Box Office, and Red, or Red Box It. Um, fortunately, we have some, two things. We have some great movies lined up, and... They're not that many, because last the last episode, Jesus wept. It felt like every film studio in the world was like, "Hmm, Let's you put know, our film out. 
this week. Right. I was like, what is this? Like, why are there so, like, when I looked at the difference of movies, I said, this is ridiculous. Um, but we're definitely going to talk about them. And then, of course, we're going to end the show by talking about the one, the only Captain Marvel. It Yay. begins with her. So excited. Um, because this is a much better trailer. Um, and we're, of course, we're going to discuss it as well as a couple of other, uh, kind of outlier things with, uh, with the MCU uh, before we wrap up. So, without further ado, Gilding the Lily, Lindley, are you ready? I'm ready. Lindley, let's prattle. So, again, I have not been watching Netflix. Um, so I, or or Hulu for that matter, because This Is Us, after I was done crying, um, <laughs> This Is Us hasn't hasn't been on. I don't think it has. I'll, I'll check while Steven's clip is going. Um, but, Lindley, why don't we start off with you? Why don't you tell us, uh, what, what did you watch on Netflix that you would like to share with us? Well, as many of you have learned on this podcast, um, Outlander. Season four is back. And so I went on Netflix. Outlander's not on Netflix, but I was feeling still in the kind of Scottish mood. So I finally (laughs) got around to watching Outlaw King, which if you don't know, I don't know the exact history, but I think it's around the first King of Scotland, Robert the Bruce. Hmm. And stars Chris Pine. Chris Pine, he plays Robert the Bruce in a actually pretty impressive Scottish accent. Like it wasn't... It wasn't, it didn't pull me out of the character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I know he's clearly American in a Scottish accent. Right. With a bunch of different Scottish accents, which is really funny because a lot, there were a few actors as well as a lot of set pieces and locations <laughs> that are from Outlander. It was <laughs> freaking me out. I'm like, Marta, what are you doing with the English game? This isn't right. Uh, so yeah. Nerd. Uh, okay, I'll let you have that one because I I gave you the number one. Anyways, it was it was really good. Yeah. I was I was very surprised. Netflix on their movie game coming out strong. I, I'm not looking at this season because it's all they they've become hallmark all of a sudden with their Christmas movies. Right, but right. This was a it was a solid film. It's about a it's a it's a two hour period gritty period piece Mm -hmm. and it has some really good pacing held my attention and the romance between robert the bruce and his second wife is very believable and real Mm. the the very last scene in the movie it just makes you go oh it was really sweet it was very sweet it's not often that you see a movie because in the story Robert the Bruce was married before and his wife died so as a sign of goodwill at least in the movie I don't know if the history is 100% but in the movie as a sign of goodwill between England and Scotland uh, this is all after if if you know Braveheart this takes place after Braveheart okay (laughs) because they they mention William Wallace and the murder, the execution of William Wallace is what makes Robert the Bruce like, yo, let's screw you, England. To look hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Gaelic is terrible. 
They so they get married as an arrangement. He has a child, and so you see um, his daughter and his wife kind of bonding. You see their relationship grow. Mm-hmm. So very much, it goes from okay, you're you're nice to look at. Uh, I very respectful too. Mm-hmm. Like oh, okay, you're nice too. Actually respecting one another, or she's not afraid to tell him her opinions, and then that grows to love, and it's it's very real and believable. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Nice. So yeah, go, if you've got a couple hours, go watch Outlocking. And that's Chris Pine, right? Yeah, it's Chris Pine. Who did I say? He's, no, 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 I was just, I was just kind of confirming. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Chris Pine. Because he's, he's been killing it lately. He's got a what? new show on, uh, was it TNT? Yeah. With Patty Jenkins? The, yeah, if, if you remember The Alienist when it came out. It's right. Kind, it's, it, it's that same thriller anthology that they're starting out like it started with the alienist we've got i think it's called i am the night yes it's not about batman <laughs> different I, I night trying to do Lose a true the crime a, yeah like a or true detective or whatever that hbo show is yeah yeah i think they're trying to do that same thing mm-hmm I think it's great. I mean, I I mean, I'm definitely intrigued. But oh, yeah. as soon when I when I realized that it was um there was Chris Pine in Outlaw King and then Chris Pine in uh, uh I am the night um or we are we are the night or I am the night. I think I am the night. I am the night. I um I was like, man, you are you are crushing it, dude. Way to way to ride that wave from Wonder Woman still. And um, he's in a <laughs> he's in another movie we're gonna kind of mention later. More on that in a few minutes. Is he? Yeah. Oh. You would never know, though. Oh. We'll talk about it. You have to point out. You have to point out to me. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk. Well, audience, we're going to take a moment uh, to let Stephen tell you uh, what he feels about uh, his Netflix picks. Um, Yeah. So here we go, Stephen. Take it away. Hey there, Popcorn Prattle fans. It is Steven here, and I just wanted to give you a real quick shout out to Netflix's 12th season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Now, fans of the show know kind of the basic setup. It's, you know, basically a guy and some robots trapped on a spaceship, and they're forced to watch bad movies and basically just riff on them. Well, the new season I just discovered had come out uh, on Netflix, and I actually got a chance to watch a little bit of it, and I have to say, I think the 12th season may actually be among one of the best seasons in the entire show. Um, It is way shorter than a usual season. It's only about six episodes, but that's actually by design. See, um, when uh, MST3K came back with, they were calling it The Return, um, they actually did really good. You know, they brought uh, this new guy named Jonah. Uh, He teams up with, you know, uh, Tom Servo and Crow. Uh, They have different voice actors, but it, it still retains the spirit and love of the original series. And it does it really well. Um, Now, this particular season actually consists of six episodes, but that's by design. It's called uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, The Gauntlet, in which the entire season is intended to be binge-watched 
uh, like you would any normal um, uh, Netflix show. And in a weird way, that's actually more of a challenge to the audience uh, because the whole overriding plot of the season is that they have to watch six back-to-back really awful movies and it's a challenge to the audience because, you know, can you could you stomach binge watching all six of these? And uh, spoiler alert, I could not. Um, I was only able to watch one uh, and I had to take a break. And then we watched the second one and I had to take another break. And then eventually we got to the third one. And oh, my gosh, have they chosen some amazing movies to riff on this this season? Um, so I have never actually seen the movie Mac and me. Uh, I've heard about it all my life. I've heard about how horrible it is and how it's a rip off of ET. But, um, yeah, that is actually the first episode of MST three K the gauntlet Mac and me. And I am so glad that they did that because what a way to see that movie for the first time. I was literally laughing almost the whole time. And the parts I wasn't laughing, I was horrified by the design of the aliens and how utterly atrocious that movie was. Like, I don't think I could have gotten through that movie if I had not watched the MST3K version. Um, The next movie was Atlantic Rim, a ripoff of another movie uh, about an ocean, and it has rim in the title. It's also about giant mecha robots fighting sea creatures. Um, yeah, it's a rip off of Pacific Rim. Um, and, uh, that movie is astoundingly just as bad, if not more so in certain ways. Um, and then of course, Lords of the Deep was the next one. And, oh man, you know, it just like this season, like only three episodes in, and it is very, very difficult to pull off a binge watch of that entire season. Because, I mean, just one of those movies knocks you out with how awful it is. Um, But you want to keep watching because the robots and Jonah uh, and, of course, the crew that brought this season to Netflix just do such a really good job with it. Uh, The other three movies are The Day Time Ended, Killer Fish, and Ator, The Fighting Eagle. Um, But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just... I if 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 you're a fan of MST3K, I strongly recommend you watch this season. Um if you are not, if you're just kind of familiar with the show, I recommend watching The Return first since that seems to be what's up on Netflix. Uh and if you can hunt down any of the original uh MST3K uh, episodes with uh either Joel Hodgson or Mike Nelson, uh I definitely recommend that, of course. It's a great show. But I promise you, you will not be disappointed by season 12. So do check that out. So hopefully next time I can um, I can actually have a, a Netflix picks. But um, you know what I just yeah, realized? Put down the game controller. I got to put down the game controller. Well, I'm, <laughs> oh, no, that's not going to happen because um, do you know what I realized about the next episode? What did you realize? Uh, it's like two days before Christmas. Yeah. It's also our last episode of the year. No. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It so year end. So you know, right? Right? So I probably won't, so we probably won't even do like a Netflix picks or a box office or red box it because we're going to be, um, we're going to be doing our, our 
popcorn prattle Christmas party with with the wine. <laughs> oh, it's it's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh God, that was a fun episode. So I can't, I can't wait. I can't great. wait for this year because I'm almost certain. Um, I think both you and I didn't we start drinking before the episode even started. I mean, I a little bit. <laughs> I, oh, I know I did. <laughs> I think I had a couple sips of my white Zuffendale. Yes, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am that basic. Yeah, you're a little basic. <laughs> it's fine though. Because I told you, we, we, I told you when we, back when we did the live show, I can't drink beer or anything like that. Oh I yeah, break out. Yeah, drink water. Yeah, and talk about Suicide Squad double. <laughs> um, excuse me. It was a Diet Coke. Get it right. Excuse me, it was a Diet Coke. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you know what I will be trying to do over the winter break? Uh, I'm going to be trying to do. I'm trying to curl up with a good book because Ooh. let me tell you something. I am so excited that Artemis Fowl is finally finally um coming to the big screen. It took him long enough. Right? Right? Holy crap. I mean, how how long has it been since these movies came out? I mean, sorry, since these books came out and now we're just getting a movie? Ugh. But I I am I am kind of it makes me snicker a little bit because it is being done by Disney. And so it's like, wow, Disney, do you really need another franchise? Do you really need to make another series of movies? I mean, they are going to rule the world one day. I mean, they are. But if you're going to rule the world, you might as well do it with, like, child Lex Luthor. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Audience, uh, we're going to take a a brief kind of, kind of switch up a little bit. Um, We are actually going to play a clip from uh, Not So Famous where I geek out about Artemis Fowl with Mitchell. Um, Mitchell tries to speak as, as best possible, but I, he, he can't contain all this. Um, cause once Artemis Fowl, it was like the day, I think it, it was like the day of, uh, the Artemis Fowl trailer. So I was like, Ooh, and this, and this, and this. Um, so, uh, please sit back, relax, enjoy my nerdiness. Um, and then when we come back, uh, we will be starting box office or red box it. Stay tuned. about the uh, a trailer that did come out um artemis fowl oh dude dude do you know how long i've been waiting for this movie to come out i didn't even know that it was like planned or like it, in talks it was to in, happen it was in developmental hell for years dude years. i mean they're brilliant books mm-hmm. so i i understand that it could have gotten bogged down but just because, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, I feel like social media has been so good about letting us know what's happening in the entertainment world, mm-hmm. specifically. And I heard nothing about this, and then there was that poster, and I was like, <gasps> They came out no. of left field. Disney did. Disney's been killing it lately with the reveals. Because, the, remember the Toy Story one? Nobody knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. 
um, Artemis Fowl. And I think that's why people probably expected the Avengers 4, or, or keep hearing about the Avengers 4 trailer, because you got Toy Story, you got the Artemis Fowl, you know, you got the poster, and then they showed you the trailer, and it's like, I did not expect a trailer. I just expected the poster. Me neither. And then when I went right. on Twitter and it was like, yeah, we're this is the... Uh, <laughs> this is the trailer. I was like, what? Butler's black? <laughs> I'm hype. And you read the books, right? Oh, man. I, I'm looking at them right now on my shelf. <laughs> oh, yeah. You beautiful, beautiful man. Oh, man. I I know we talk about me being the reader, but you, I mean, you're, you're proving your worth. Oh, man. Are you are you kidding me? This this series is the whole reason why I wanted to create a fantasy novel or a series of fantasy novels set um in modern day mm-hmm. but with magic incorporated in like everything. Um and that there's the secret society that you know more so than than Harry Potter cuz I feel like you know when people first hear about Artemis Fowl they're like like oh it's like so it's like Harry Potter no, because this is just, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry, I'm like hijacking this, this segment right now. No, dude, go, go. I, um, I, this whole, this whole book is about this, like, basically a, a, a super genius. He's basically child Lex Luthor, essentially. Um, yeah, with, absolutely. With a man. confirmed. Yeah, with a manservant who is like, if you've ever played, like, Hitman, Agent Forty Six or Agent Agent Forty Six, Agent Forty Seven doesn't matter. Forty Seven. Forty Seven. Um, he it's he's like him, but he like talks. Um, he's a total badass. <laughs> he just like he he kicks ass. He takes names. Um, and Artemis, uh, this young little Irish uh, sociopath, kidnaps a uh, an elf. Yeah, is it a fairy? Well, you know, yeah, he kidnaps the fairy first to get information about the elf. Um, God bless fantasy novels, right? And like, and he holds this elf hostage, like, and it's like a, it's like a hostage, it's a hostage situation. That's what we're about to watch. It's a kid holding an elf hostage because he wants gold, because he wants to see if he can do it, not because he needs the money. Okay, no. he has plenty of money. But because he wants to see if he can get away with it because his dad is gone and his mom is, like, in a catatonic state. There's, like, a whole, like, it's a, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book um, that has, like, it's, it sounds, it, it, like, when you first watch the trailer, you're going to be like, like, oh, okay, this is, this is a kid's movie. There are moments in this that are not for children at all or at least they shouldn't be it's it's mature it's a bit mature um it, and it's it is i mean and it's like a young adult yeah. you know, fantasy series in in the same way i think that like um tolkien is like a young adult fantasy I agree. like he wrote the hobbit for children yeah you know? yeah um but but there are things that are like really fucked up and um I think that's good in a way for younger people to be exposed to mature themes because mm-hmm. no one likes to be cloistered and sheltered and, you know, like not uh, be shown things just because they think it, they can't handle it. Right. The, the, you know, the more that we show our children that death is a real thing and that, um, you know, like there there are mature themes and mature things out there that um, aren't easily digestible. If we show that through uh, a fantasy world where he's not, you know, kidnapping another human being, he's kidnapping like a fucking elf. It's kind of funny at first, 
but the message is still conveyed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what, you know, I loved about these books is that it didn't feel like it was a, a novel uh, written for me at 12 years old. It felt yes. like I was, like, reading something I maybe shouldn't be. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And I was like, ooh. But my mom was like, it's in the young adult section. Like, it's totally fine. Um, <laughs> I am really excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I'm definitely... This I'm 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 about like I'm about to be like freaking Harry Potter nut with the Artemis Fowl series because there are there are seven books and mm-hmm. I I just know like the first the first book is so exciting um, it's going to get a sequel if they can do yeah. it right it's going to get a sequel um, especially there's like a part in it where there's like a tactical team of elves who infiltrate the mansion and they're, and they're like, they get beat up by the butler and then they're like, we got to bring in the big guns. And then the butler has to fight a troll. <laughs> like that's the climactic scene. And it's like, I love this. <laughs> I love everything about this. I almost just fainted at how excited I am. Right. Um, <laughs> I just, I love, and it's also, I, I, want to mention that it is completely like self-contained mm-hmm. it, it doesn't uh it's not like yeah. that, something that i love a lot is like historical fiction mm. you know things that are like oh you know, the percy jackson novels mm-hmm. for instance that's another you know like young adult series that is it has like some mature themes but it relies on the um olympian and greek mythology Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is completely in its own world. It follows its own rules, which, you know, we mentioned, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, or it might have been last episode when I talked about um, the Broken Earth series mm-hmm. and how that's, you know, like self-contained. This is yeah. this is also just an original idea. And so I'm so glad there hasn't been a movie yet. There hasn't been an attempt. I'm so excited to see them. That, that Not only like, you know, a random... Um, production companies handling it but disney mm-hmm. because I, I think you're right i think if they handle it correctly and the the book the first book itself is its own story yeah so they won't you know hopefully they won't try and compress the seven novels into one they'll just kind of follow this first story and then set themselves up for mm-hmm. uh a, a seven you know movie series right. which would just be fantastic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think, too, I mean, I have to reread it again. I think what's nice about the first book is that the way it ends, it it you don't get that it's going to be a sequel mm-hmm. until you're, like, reading the second book and you're like, oh, snap, they teased this earlier. Um, because they don't really show you a lot of, like, they only show you the human world. Right. You never get to see, like, the elves' world. Um and so, like that's or like you know, I think you know I, I I correct you earlier. I think it is fairy now that I say it. Um, I, they they never show you like the fairy world. Um, so that again, that will be that will be exciting just to see, you know, for the first time ever. Plus, did you hear who's playing um, uh, the dwarf Mulch Mulch Diggums? No, Josh Gad. What? Josh Gad is playing Mulch Diggums, and I have never been happier about casting than that. Because he is perfect. God bless. Thank you, Disney. I'm not gonna say anything about who Mulch Diggums is, but I can guarantee you he's gonna be your he's gonna be like he's gonna be the uh uh 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave Bautista plays him in Gardens of the Galaxy. He's going to be the Drax. Drax? Yeah, he's going to be the Drax of this movie. Where you're, you're going to be like, I'm not too sure about this character. And then by the end of it, you're going to be like, man, I did not think he was going to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, we are back, and it's that time of the episode again where we are doing our box office or red box it. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, or if you haven't listened to the show in a while, um, what this segment is, hi, well, or welcome back, um, <laughs> what this segment is, is uh, we kind of round table, and we each say whether or not we're going to box office, meaning we're going to go to the movies. We want to see this. This is a movie that that demands our support. Um, Or we're going to red box it, which is an in-joke on our show, which means we're probably not going to see it. Um, Yeah. Or or we actually will red box it, because I still red box movies. Lindley asked me who's still red box, and I sheepishly raised my hand. And said, I'm I, sorry, but no one in New York red boxes anymore. Oh wow! In New York, oh in New Tell York, us. we don't red. Well, <laughs> well, down here in Virginia, we still have tons Virginia. of red boxes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lindley, let us go through these uh, five five movies, um, and we're going to start off with Mary, Queen of Scots. This is based on John Guy's biography, Queen of Scots, The True Life of Mary Stewart. The film uh, stars, and, and doggone it, Stephen's not here to correct me. Uh, or maybe that's Saoirse a good Ronan. thing. That one. Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> Say it for me one more time. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse? Saoirse. Saoirse. Yes. Saoirse Ronan. Get it right. She's been nominated for an Oscar at least twice now. Yeah, but did she win? Almost. Well, almost. It doesn't get you to the big dance, dear. Uh, Saoirse. Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse. Saoirse. Excuse me. I just learned it and I'm already messing up. Saoirse Ronan as the eponymous character and Margot Robbie as her cousin, Queen Elizabeth I, and chronicles the 1569 conflict between their two countries. Jack Loden, Joe Alwyn, David Tennant, and Guy Pearce also star. I forgot David Tennant was in this. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, Lindley, box office or red box it? Big old box office. I'm going to say red box it. Go ahead. Well, if you remember, Marcus, this movie was actually on when we did our, like, what we're excited about for the beginning of the year. This was on oh, my list. Oh, yeah. This I forgot movie was about the- on my list because it has two really powerhouse actresses right now. It's a period drama. And mm-hmm. it takes a side that we usually don't see because usually movies focus on elizabeth mm-hmm, as the mm-hmm. main character but right this focuses on mary stewart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and again it's the whole scotland thing um <laughs> the only other that i can think of right now there's probably more but the only other piece of current media 
that I can think of that takes a stand for Mary mm-hmm. is that stupid CW show Rain. Oh yeah. Which, it's yeah. not the worst thing in the world, but what makes me so mad about that show is that you have a time period that's set with such beautiful costumes and all of the 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 heartthrobs heartthrobs are wearing the period appropriate attire, but the girls are wearing prom dresses. <laughs> prom dresses. This looks like an actual period appropriate story about Mary Queen of Scots. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Margot Robbie play a not pretty character because mm-hmm. if you see the trailer, she's oh know, yeah, they really like drop her down. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see that side of Margot Robbie. We really haven't gotten that yet. No, no, we haven't. So yeah, that's why that's why it's box office. And of course, with it's probably going to be, oh, two powerhouse women, Oscar buzz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say red box it. it. Oh, this is very clearly going to be, this is, I mean, it's going to get Oscar buzz. It stands oh, yeah. down. Um, but this I, is a, a very Oscar baiting movie. Yeah. I, I right now it has like an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. I just, um, I don't know. Like I just. It's. I mean, I kind of said this in the in the last episode too with one of the movies. I just, I just can't see myself like going to the movies and being like one from Mary Queen of Scots, please. <laughs> um, like I, I just won't do it. Um, but Redbox, most definitely, um, especially if it's getting like good buzz or it gets good like great reviews. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely gonna. I mean, I'll definitely rent it. Um, but if I, if it, if it doesn't. Uh, mark my words, there will be no red boxing from me. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but I mean, I love, I love both of these women. Um, I love David Tennant. Uh, yeah, and and plus, this is kind of like one of my favorite time periods um, ever. So yeah, the Tudor I, era. Is yeah. Like... So I mean, I mean, I can't say that it's not that I'm not interested. I just can't see myself going to the box yeah. office to see it. And I can see that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you think it's going to be good, but there are other things you want to see beforehand. Right. I feel um, that way about a lot of movies, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just like, it's just like, uh, it'll come out on, on DVD soon. Um, in some movies, it feels like, you know, it's like they, they come out one month and then the next month they're like, all right, here's the Blu-ray. Yeah. Um... Next movie is Ben is Back, uh, directed by Peter Hedges, starring his son Lucas Hedges, Julia Roberts, and Courtney B. Vance. The plot follows a mother who tries to help her addict son after he returns home from rehab. Uh, Lindley, Red Box or Box Office? Red Box if I even read Red Box. I am going to have to strongly, strongly agree uh, tell us why. I mean, this isn't this isn't the first of these movies we've gotten this year. Thank you. It, it looks <laughs> it Thank looks you. a lot like the movie that came out recently called I think Beautiful Boy with yes. Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet, and mm. that version looks so much more interesting. Yeah, than Ben is back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. With addiction. 
Ben is back. <laughs> I completely agree, Lily. I mean, I, I mean, and and I was actually looking like while you're talking, I was looking up to see what was the name of that movie. And you're right, Beautiful Boy did look so much better. I didn't see Beautiful Boy. Yeah, it, it's another one of those like I do want to see it, but money. Right, right. You know. <laughs> Um, in, in this day and age when, you know, you have to pay $12 to see a movie, you you gotta pick, you, sometimes you still have to pick and choose. And if it's not one of those like blockbuster ones, you, you kind of have to flip a coin a little bit. That's Um, why I'm asking Santa for AMC Stubbs, uh, (laughs) A-list this year. (laughs) Maybe a listener will, will get it for you for Christmas. Or maybe AMC will listen to this and do a, a sponsorship. You think I won't tag AMC and be like, hey, we shouted you out. Get us some tickets. (laughs) (laughs) We're poor. (laughs) We're so poor. Um, (laughs) I, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I feel like Ben is back just has the, um, I think it just suffers from not having, from being second with this same exact storyline. Um, and in two, it doesn't have, um, what's Timothy's last name? Chalamet. Chalamet. Yeah. It doesn't have him in it. And, and right now, I mean, in Hollywood, like he's, he's the guy. Well, now Lucas, isn't he in the movie that just came out? Boy erased. Isn't that him? I'll look it up, but I can tell you right now. I ain't never heard of Lucas Hedges before until I until I saw this. Yeah, I've never seen this guy. Oh, he was in three billboards. And he's in Lady Bird. Oh. So was Timothy oh, Chalamet. He was... <laughs> oh, so was so was Timothy. <laughs> so again, this guy just he just has the rotten luck. Of not being Timothy Chalamet, he Aww. even kind of looks like Timothy Chalamet. He looks, he looks like he looks like the blonde ROTC Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yes, it's like they couldn't afford Timothy Chalamet, so they were like, "What's Lucas doing?" Oh, I'm sorry, sad. but that's what it that's what it feels like. Um, you know, they're like, like we'll make him do the same movie. <laughs> Can we get who's who's just as popular as Steve Carell comedic wise and, and and dramatically? Julia Roberts, get her. That's definitely not the first person that would come to my mind. No, not at all. <laughs> I think she was probably like a little further down the list, and she kind of stumbled into the office. She was coming in to say hello to somebody or to go out to lunch, and they're like, "Julia, do do you want to be in Ben is back?" And she's like. Who oh, the hell doing, is Ben? <laughs> well, I'm not doing anything between um, filming Homecoming, so we'll see what we can do. <laughs> uh, is Timothy, is Julie Chalamet going to be in it? Uh, sure. <laughs> She's been thinking as Timothy Chalamet this entire time. Oh, no. That's the- terrible. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait, this isn't Timothy Chalamet? <laughs> Oh, poor Luke. Love you, bud. Um, no, you don't. I don't really, because I don't know who you are. Um, so we are going yeah, you do. to... You know he's not Timothy Chalamet. I know he's not Timothy Chalamet. 
<laughs> Lindley, we are going to, uh, I'm going to switch up my order a little bit on my list here. Like yes. um, Yeah, to like, to build suspense. Um, also to segue in nicely into the final topic. Um, so we're going to go with this movie, The Mule. Uh, the film is based on the true story of Leo Sharp, a World War II veteran in his 80s who became a drug dealer and courier for the Sinola, Sinoloa, Loa, Sinaloa, Sinaloa. There we go. You, you and pronunciations are well. I'm so. Well, I. You know what? Next time you all do it, um, and then you will see. I'm like, ha! You see, uh, cartel, the cartel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lindley, red box or box office? Red box. I'm I'm saying red box, but and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there on the air because that's not what the show is for. But um, I don't agree with certain actors that are in this film, mm-hmm. and so I might be boycotting their films. No matter how much I love Michael Pena. Oh, he's in this. Yeah, they Michael dragged Michael Pena, Pena in this. There's another person in this in this too that I was like I was like, Oh no, they dragged you into this. I wanna say it's Bradley Cooper. Well Bradley this isn't the first like Clint because didn't he do American Sniper? Or at least direct American Sniper? He might have. Yeah, uh, Bradley Cooper's in this. Lawrence Fishburne's in this. Yeah, yeah. They dra- he dragged a lot yeah. of people into this. Yeah. But what do you? But what do you think? Well, the reason for me is just unless it's Million Dollar Baby, recent <laughs> Clint Eastwood movies have kind of put me to sleep. Mm-hmm. Like, I tried Gran Torino. I tried. Oh shoot! What's the? Is is that the one where he's got the neighbors? Grant Arena? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just, it's not my cup of tea. I, they don't hold much interest for me, so I'm going to watch something that I'll be interested in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this, again, it just screams Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. But because it's I, Clint Eastwood. Right. Pretty role. But like you said, it's, it's not exciting at all. Mm-mm. If anything, I'm more excited for everybody, I'm, I'm excited for everybody else in this movie yeah than him yeah um so whatevs the mule um that's how i feel about that (laughs) this next movie though i am really excited for mortal engines uh tom is a young londoner who has only ever lived inside his traveling hometown and his feet have never touched grass, mud, or land. His first taste of the outside comes quite abruptly. Tom gets in the way of an attempt by the masked Hester to kill Thaddeus Valentine, a powerful man she blames for her mother's murder, and both Hester and Tom end up thrown out of the moving Traction City to fend for themselves. Lindley. This is going to be, for me... Mm-hmm. It's going to be a red box, but like a definite, like I'm definitely going to watch it. Maybe not yeah. in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm along with you. I'm going to definitely watch this, but I think I want to see this box office. I want to see this okay. in theaters. Um, For and the I'll, scale and I'll, of it, right? 
You right. Like I just I cuz there's a nice IMAX that just opened up down the street for me. Okay. I want to see that's where I want to see this movie. I don't want to see it on my 40-inch screen. I totally <laughs> I totally understand that. Yeah, that's really the only reason why I'm like I feel I'm like I feel like this movie will be great in like on like that big of a screen. Yeah. Um and it's and it's uh Guillermo, isn't it? I think uh no, it's Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Oh, yeah. well, st- well still he I mean he he knows how to he Oh yeah, he knows how to, knows how to do a for, like, big large scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um but sorry, you go ahead. I I took I my time's out the window. You go ahead. No, I agree with that. I think it would be good to see mm-hmm. in a theaters because of the scale of it. Yeah. But the only thing that's really keeping me from being like, yes, one ticket, please. It seems, just from the trailers and how they're making it out, it seems a little bit YA-ish to me. Yeah. In the whole, it looks like kind of a mix. You got a little Shadow Hunters here. You got a little this... So Golden the, Compass. Yeah, a little <laughs> yeah. bit. So that's the only thing that's keeping me from going to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's one of those things, like, I do really want to see it, but there are things I want to see before it. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm poor. I, <laughs> I'm interested to see what the, what the uh, like, how the plot is going to play out. You know what I mean? Same. Because it Because it does seem, it does seem very... YA-ish. It does kind of remind me. And that's actually why I went online. Peter Jackson would usually do. Right. That's That's why I was like, is this Guillermo del Toro? Because this looks like something he would do. Mm -hmm. To be honest. Like, even like just the look, just like the look of the visuals, you know, it just seems like that's, that's his aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to see what will happen as far as, like, with Peter Jackson at the helm with something like this. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's I mean he's proven that he can... I mean, he's more than proven that he can handle it. But if the script isn't right... Yeah. I mean, we, we all saw The Hobbit. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, yeah, it could either be really good or really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it, it just had its premiere tonight... Oh, so okay. the reviews are going to come rolling in soon. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll I mean that'll dictate a lot. Um, I mean it shouldn't always, as we've said on the show, but it it does it, it does influence. Um, because some not maybe not every critic, but I mean there are critics for a reason. Um. All right, this this last movie, last one, mm-hmm. um, in box office or red box at Spider Man. Into the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man crosses parallel dimensions and teams up with the Spider-Man of those dimensions to stop a threat to all reality. Now you have an unfair advantage. <laughs> because you already know what you would do. You, you've already answered this question for yourself. I'll uh, still answer it, though. Before this recording. But, because, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, I have had the privilege of... I got to see an early screening of this movie. Um, yeah. I just wanted to say it again to rub it in your face. (laughs) This is exactly, audience, this is exactly why I put an embargo on Lindley. She's not allowed to speak about it. We're going to have a whole Spider-Verse 
centric episode. Yeah. Please don't worry. Like we're going to talk about this um, because, as Lindley put it in big bold letters, what did you say, Lindley, about this movie? What I said about this movie is that this is how you make a Spider-Man movie. My pick is box office multiple times. I've seen it. I would pay to go see it again. I'm definitely doing box office on this. Um, I mean, I've been I've been excited about it, but just like the the more the more I see from like trailers, um, the hype that I I see surrounding it, it's almost like um, it's almost like Sony knew going into this yeah. what they had. Yeah. Um, like they feel like they're very confident on it, and I just love the fact that. You know, we are, and we've talked about this on, in the last episode too. We're introducing the idea of this multiple universes, and yeah. while I don't always think it can be used as a plot device all the time to like fix your mistakes, yeah. What Spider, what Spider Man into the Spider Verse, what I'm seeing that it's doing is it's not there's not there's no mistakes to fix, right? Because it's the first movie, yeah. But you're introducing the idea early on, and now you can you can tell multiple stories, and you never have to have them intersect. Exactly. You know, which is which is nice. Um, it's nice that you you have that option, and um, it's funny to me that uh, Sony was the was the were the first ones to see that. Yeah, I think Fox. Fox, I, I would say Fox is the first one to see time travel being a way to fix your mistakes. Yeah. Where Sony's the first one to say, like, no, there's multiple universes. Yeah. yeah. I think I think DC, DC keeps alluding to it, mm-hmm. but they don't pull the trigger because they're, you know, they have yeah. no idea what they're doing. And I'll, I won't, I won't say a lot about this. I won't go into too much, but mm-hmm. this is. This is literally a movie for everyone. Nice. It is appropriate for kids. But there are things in this from appreciating the animation or to, there's not, or maybe like some um, inside jokes. There are a lot of Easter eggs in this too that adults can appreciate. I was in the screening and when multiple people, not just kids, but adults are going, Whoa. At the same time, you know you have something really special. Mm-hmm. And it's such an inclusive movie, too. It's it this is it's not just a good Spider-Man film. It is a good film all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go see Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Please. I feel and you know what? And the thing is, Lily, I'm glad you said that because the more we support, you know, superhero movies like this, mm-hmm. you know, that's Hollywood. Hollywood gravitates to that, and they're like, don't "Oh, pay that's attention. right." They're like, "Oh, that's that's what people want. They don't want just explosions for the sake of explosions, or you know, you know, the the same formula. They want something yeah. new. They want something different. Yeah, um, and they don't want to see characters just for the sake of seeing characters." And we're like, oh, people like Harley Quinn, let's put her in a movie. Or, oh, people like this this black Spider-Man, let's put him in the movie. No, right. you have to do these characters right. You mm-hmm. have to do Miles Morales right. You have to do 
a spider gwen right you have to do mm-hmm. peter parker right and they do they do yeah, all of yeah. these characters and it's not just about superheroes it's about family it's about expectations that's just so good okay i'm i'll stop talking about it now <laughs> hold hold that thought Lindley. Holding, hold holding. that thought i promise you i'll tell you i'll even tell you this we will start off the show if you want to next uh, next time we will start off the show going right into into the spider-verse please yes we will, we will not i will not let you wait a whole episode before you get to speak um we will definitely talk about that first thing so guys do not miss that next episode go ahead and make sure that you subscribe so it goes right to your phones right now do it but before you do that before you do Lindley, it is main event time. It's main event time. And in tonight's main event, Lindley, we are talking Captain Marvel. This trailer got so much hype. I mean, social media was a buzz all day mm-hmm. long. I mean, and, and, and you know, it's, and part of it was people thinking that it was going to be Avengers four. Um, I think two days before, and then when you found, and then when people found out it was Captain Marvel, uh, people got they were like upset for a moment, <laughs> and then they got hyped, mm-hmm. and then the trailer dropped. And audience, if you haven't seen the trailer yet, go ahead and pause the show right now. Check out the trailer um, so that you can uh, really enjoy it. Um, or really enjoyed this discussion. Um, I I've got I've got to say, Lindley, I I loved it. I loved this trailer. Mm-hmm. I thought it was strong. I thought it was. I thought it was much better. I got a I got a much better sense of where we're at in the story. Mm-hmm. Like what what exactly is the plot without gaining too much. Um, I am a little disappointed that we revealed that the old woman was indeed a scroll. <laughs> I felt like that was something that was just for me. Mm-hmm. And it it feels like betrayal. So I am going to t- deduct 10% off his Rotten Tomato <laughs> score. Because I <laughs> that was not for them. That was for me. And now they're and now they're still confused. And now they're still gonna ask me what a scroll is. Um because I don't think I think the only thing that now they think is just that she beats up old women and that old women now have superpowers as well. Which they could. I don't know. I don't know old women's lives. I'm not an old woman. Um But Nick Fury in this is absolutely hysterical. Mm-hmm. He just seems like it, it. It's interesting to see Samuel Jackson play Nick Fury so differently, and it makes me curious because you know that this is the movie that explains how we get the Nick Fury from Iron Man One. What is it that got that gets him from point A to point B? This is all, this is essentially a prequel to Iron Man, in my opinion. But 
at the same time, we are getting to see this badass <laughs> Captain Marvel. I mean, she's I mean, she's kicking a lot of ass in this in this trailer. Um a lot. A lot. Um and it feels and and you and you and you point this out too that we don't have to to compare the two, but it does definitely feel a lot different than Wonder Woman, which to me is a bonus, right? Cuz Aquaman for the longest time, Aquaman felt like it was just copying Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And when you have a movie like Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman is, you know, for all intents and purposes, that is the gold standard when it comes to female superhero movies. It's nice to see this other movie that looks just as strong, but be, but be, but be different, you know, to be yeah. diverse, to show like, you know, they don't like, not all women are, are like are Amazon. They can also be yeah. like, you know, like Air Force pilots yeah. and they can be, you know, in charge not, of space operas. And they're not like, oh, super serious spies, like Black Widow. Right. It, mm-hmm. She has, I'll say an unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. I thought the trailer was just okay. Oh, okay. Like, it, nothing, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Slowly you bite your here. You bite your tongue. That's what I get for saying something bad about Marvel. It's the nerds. They were like, no. <laughs> Anyways, so I did appreciate the bits with Nick Fury, especially with the cat. That was really funny. Right. Uh, the visuals do look pretty good. And I really appreciated just the the personality of Captain Marvel. She was like, mm-hmm. oh, we're heroes. Like, she was just like, she's having the smiling. I loved her personality of what we got to see. Mm-hmm. But nothing about the trailer really made me go, wow. It was like, yeah, this could be pretty good. Do any... But, and someone pointed this out, too. I don't know if it was in our Facebook group, um, which, listeners, if you if you were not a part of the Facebook group, you need to be, because um, it's awesome. But do any of the Marvel movies really make you go, wow? The trailers? Yeah. Like, I think so the, Civil Civil War did. I think the, and, and the first Avengers, when you, you saw the, you saw the big trailer shot, we're in the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't know. Because I was like, because when someone pointed that out to me, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really right. I'm like, I can't think of Infinity War. Yeah. Infinity War made me geek, (laughs) you know? But, like, none of the other ones really did. Um, Which, eh. So, I mean, like, I mean, mean, if anything, I think that, just kind of like validates your opinion as far as saying like like yeah there wasn't anything too special about this particular trailer you know because there's yeah. usually never anything special about the trailers um i i did get some hint though about 
I think they gave I think they put a I think they put a clue in there for Infinity War. Did they? I think because she says I can't remember what happened before I got taken. Mhm. What if something because we know we're we know Scott is in uh the quantum realm. Yeah. And we know that time travel is going to play a factor. I would, I want to know if maybe she can't, or the reason why she can't remember, the whole reason why she got put on this journey to become Captain Marvel is because of something that, like, Scott did. Interesting. And it's, and, and, and also, too, there's, and this and this kind of goes into like you know a little, little Infinity War territory, but one of the things that I I was reading about about Nick Fury in like the Captain Marvel pre- uh, prequel comic, Nick Fury cites as the the biggest thing that made the Avengers get defeated mm-hmm. was the fact that they were not together. Mm. Was the fact that they were the team was so fragmented that none of them were strong enough to defeat Thanos. And it all stems from Civil War. And as I was watching Civil War, I watched, um, it was like at the very beginning of the movie, and like I'm sitting there and I'm watching the fight scene, and I watched when Scarlet Witch lifts up crossbones and then like explodes and like blows up that building and that's what makes that's the excuse that they use and i sat there and i was like i wonder would that have happened if captain marvel was there Hmm. you know what i mean yeah like is there something in this movie that's gonna make make it so that captain marvel is there from the beginning Because she's clearly, because she's clearly the one of the, I mean, I mean, in the comics, she definitely is. But yeah. in the MCU, she seems to be, like, gearing up to be probably the mo- the strongest uh, superhero around on Earth. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see, number one, how, uh, how powerful she's going to be in the MCU. Yeah. But ultimately, I want to know. I that's all I want to know is like how how is she gonna be the key to beating Thanos? Yeah, that that's gonna be the big thing mm-hmm, to really mm-hmm. look out for. And apparent from what I've heard, we're supposed to be getting a Avengers Part Two trailer soon. That's going to be difficult without spoiling anything for Captain Marvel. Well, actually, Lindley, it uh, doesn't. Hey, guys, this is Marcus Sally uh, from Popcorn Prattle, and I'm speaking to you from the future. Uh, actually, I'm more or less speaking to you in the present right before I'm recording, uh, exporting this, excuse me. Um, so here is the deal. After we put out this episode, um, the Avengers 4 trailer did drop uh so thanks for that dave hey dave um 
<laughs> so uh, the other two could not uh, come to record, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm going to do it myself with special guest appearance from you, the audience, because um, our Facebook group, um, Popcorn Prattle Film Talk Facebook group, it has been blowing up since the trailer dropped. And I just have to say, um, everybody was so excited for this. Everybody was crying. Um and 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 for good reason too. This was a great trailer. Um, not the best trailer. I I will say that. I guess I shouldn't say it was a a great great trailer because great great means it must have been the best. Um, it was not the best. Uh, definitely Infinity War was the the better of the two trailers. But I felt like it gave me just enough. Um, it set the tone for the movie. It let me know that, hey, we're picking it up literally right where we left off. Um, the heroes have lost. Thanos is now becoming old man Thanos. He's on a farm. He's uh, uh, recreating the scenes from Gladiator. Uh, thanks for that, Dave. Um, it's, uh, it's exciting to look at. Uh, there's Hawkeye. Hawkeye as Ronan. No, not Ronan the Accuser, um, but a different kind of Ronan. I actually don't know much about this particular Ronan um, or this incarnation of Hawkeye, but he looks totally badass, and it looks like he must have seen all of his family uh, uh, turn to ash in front of him. I know, it's so sad. Um, but, guys, this is... We 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 are in it. We are in the endgame. Um... This is the end of an era, and I could not be more ecstatic about it. Um, several of my teacher friends on here, uh, Tiffany Kopsack, Michael Sneed, they were telling me that uh, they were apparently grading papers on planning block. Uh, this is Michael Sneed, and he was refreshing Google over and over until it arrived. Uh, Tiffany, she squeed herself. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens when you squeeze yourself. Um, I I certainly hope that. Um, Everything turned out all right. <laughs> uh, I, um, I myself, I ran out of my classroom. Um, I was taking donations for adoptive family, and one of the kids was like, "Hey, Sally, did you hear about the trailer?" And I ran out of my classroom um, so that we could all watch the trailer. Um, again, it just felt like this movie really set the tone. Um, Aaron O'Connell said that the 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 best part about the trailer. Um, was the opening with Tony Stark just kind of telling everybody, um, or sorry, telling Pepper Potts um, that this was the end. He has lost hope, that he is indeed a broken man, which goes along with what I've always said about Tony, and that this story is going to be the end of his arc um, since the beginning of Iron Man. And I think it is, I think it's okay if he does die in this, because what story is there left for him to tell? Um... I I I personally again I love the fact that um you know we're seeing everybody all the original avengers kind of in this position where yeah they're broken but within that kind of like brokenness you know and it's not an actual word but in in that brokenness um it's like they've reunited um that that they are putting it's it's like Coulson's death um and it's sad it's sad that that is what has to happen for them to get together but as Coulson said right before he took his last breath in Avengers um this was never going to work if they didn't have something to 
I'm not going to say it because they never, they've never, they never say it in the movie. Um, they just uh, kind of let it hang there in the air. Um, sorry, I'm drinking coffee while I'm doing this, which is probably why I'm so hyper. Um, Anna Marie, um, Anna Marie, Anne Marie, excuse me, Anna Marie um, works at Stafford County. Uh, Anne Marie, she uh, she posted that she also squealed um, when she was watching the trailer, and oh my goodness, we have to talk about Scott Lang. Um, he went from being the person who everyone was like, uh, I don't want... Uh, I don't want an Ant-Man movie. Why would I ever want this? To now, he's at the end of the trailer, and everybody loses their freaking minds. I think that's great. I think that is a testament to Paul Rudd. I think that is a testament to the machine that is Marvel, that they can take this small character, this character that, you know, everyone was kind of like, kind of laughed at, and now he's been elevated to the the ranks of, uh, you know, the main squad. You think about um, Hawkeye as well. Hawkeye is the exact same way. Um, Hawkeye was kind of a joke for a long time, and now everyone's like, "Oh, Ronan!" Like I can't wait to see what Hawkeye does with his sword instead of his bow and arrow. Um, which, uh, you know, and I'm sure Dave, you can fill me in. But does does Ronan have his uh, bow and arrow? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Dave, you can uh, you can fill me in on that. Um, I'm looking through some of the other uh, different. Um, I'm looking through all the other different comments, and um, I'm looking at this. Oh, I asked where was Steve's beard. Um, Keith Goala um, from Pop Up Filmcast. He said uh, he said Steve's beard was lost with the snap. Um, that's a safe assessment. That's a safe bet. I think it definitely. Um, I think that's why he kind of fell to the ground. It was not because of Bucky at all. It was solely because. Um, he felt his beard slowly disappearing <laughs> before him. Um, yeah, and uh, Dave Richards also adds, uh, I wonder if Sharon Carter got dusted and Cap is pining for Peg, or is it him thinking he could go back in time to get that dance with her? It very well could be. Um, I think it's interesting that at the end of uh, the trailer, when Scott Lang shows up, He's got the van, and as we all know from Ant-Man and the Wasp, inside that van is the machine that can take people into the quantum realm. Um, so we will we will definitely keep you guys posted. We will definitely keep, um, keep you guys informed. Join the Facebook group, guys, seriously, because we are, we are having like some great discussions about that. We are constantly posting uh, things, not just about comic book movies, but about all movies in general. And hey, if you want to post something in there, it does not always have to be me. Um, you can definitely post whatever you want. Just kind of keep it PG, because this is a PG show, guys. Um, yeah, so... Guys, I hope you have enjoyed the show, and without further ado, I'm going to turn it back to me. So, take care, guys. It has been real. It's been very fun nerding out with you. Please let us know in the comments uh, what you guys think about any of the movies that we've talked about. Uh, What did you think about Captain Marvel? We got a big discussion about it on our Facebook page. Love to see you there. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, comment, and of course, 
share because the more people that hear our podcast, the more people will know that Popcorn Prattle is, of course, the film talk podcast to listen to. Help Popcorn Prattle help you. <laughs> yes, I and, Jerry Maguire. And help us out by talking with us and giving us a follow. Lindley, where can the folks at home uh, follow you and talk with you? Folks at home, you can follow me mostly on Instagram. I'm Little Lottie. That's little L-O-T-T-I-E. And of course, folks at home, you can always reach me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can hear me also on Not So Famous with Mitchell Hansen, which will be on the air next week. And uh, next month, um, at the beginning of the year, uh, you will finally get a chance to hear uh, me as Connor Dannard in Continuum Force, a new audio, a new sci-fi audio drama. Um, yes, yes. So be sure to to kind of check that out. Um, and of course. Steven's not here, but I would be remiss if I didn't say go check out Bailey's Workshop uh, on Twitter and on YouTube. And go wish him happy birthday. And go wish him a happy birthday. Go wish him a happy birthday, y'all. All right. Lindley, I think that is everything. I think we did good, kid. What? Kid? Kid? I'm not a kid. I'm I'm your elder. Um, oh God, I'm turning I'm getting so old. <laughs> um, welcome to the welcome to the Dirty Thirty Club, Stephen. Um, audience, it only gets worse from here. It only gets down. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it was in um, uh, Great Gatsby. Someone, uh, not Tom. What's his name? The guy. McGuire, Toby McGuire, <laughs> Toby McGuire says, "With great power comes great responsibility." Sure, why? Sure, why not? It's it's too late to be quoting movies. Audience, I leave you with this: <laughs> from all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices, old. Sp-